0: On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, the sky is the limit. This episode of This is Game Boy Light, we are going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite Game Boy games called Balloon Kid. I believe we're on episode 6 of our lights, if I remember correctly. The previous one is the Halloween or the spooky special that uh, Mo did. Um, So as a reminder for everyone listening to the This is Game Boy Light episodes, these are just really smaller condensed versions of the podcast over subjects or games relating to Game Boy that we just deem not detailed enough for a full-on episode. Um, Balloon Kid might be one of the exceptions because I didn't talk to anyone about doing this episode at all. So yeah, let's just float right into the game here. Released in America first, which... Amazing that usually never happens Uh, came out in October of 1990 and then was released in Europe in January of 91 Game would later come out for 3ds in 2011 which by the way go buy it is a super good game Uh, but fun fact about this game in 1992 a They would release a Japanese only only game for the Famicom called Hello Kitty World Um, basically it replaces the protagonist with Kitty White Uh, It replaces the uh, person you need to save with the teddy bear, I think it is. I can't remember. I don't know my Hello Kitty lore very well. I apologize. Uh, But it's actually a pretty cute game. Uh, It's very pink, very white, um, and it plays literally the same as Balloon Kid. Uh, I remember the first time playing Hello Kitty World, I found it on my EverDrive, and I was like, oh, what's this game? Played on my, oh, this is literally Balloon Kid, so... Uh but yeah, Balloon Kid is a sequel to the NES hit balloon fight. Um if you've ever played Balloon Fight, you know you get your you got the two, two kids falling on top of other things, popping balloons, doing whatever it is you, you need to do. Um but this game is this game was developed by Pax Sofnica, uh currently known now as Sofnica. Uh Sofnica worked exclusively with Nintendo and pretty much all of their games were only released in Japan. Um which is probably why we don't hear a ton about that that uh about that developer. Um uh, but they have worked on very big games like assisting in Mother Earthbound, Pokémon Snap. Uh but their big acclaim comes with Game Boy. Uh they've worked on games like Mole well, Balloon Kid, Mole Mania, which is a game we will cover in a future whether it be a light or a full episode. Uh Top Rank Tennis. The Homtero games for Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance, and they assisted in Wave Race, which is happened, which uh, which happened in uh, Tiny Ten Number Eight, so which was I think November tenth. So with this podcast a few weeks ago, um, the music itself is 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 phenomenal, top quality in my opinion. Uh, it can be credited to uh, Hirokazu Tanaka. Um, Tanaka really helped pioneer chip tuning for a lot of the games that we find just beloved, you know, from our childhood to adults. Like we, we look back at some of these games where it's like, wow, like the music, in this game was so good and we can, we can hum it. We can whistle it still to this day, 20, 30 years later. Uh, Tanaka had a pretty big role in design and programming for Famicom and Game Boy hardware, along with the NES Zapper, the Game Boy printer and camera. Uh, but Tanaka's sound credits come from hit titles like Metroid, Super Mario Land, Tetris, Dr. Mario, Earthbound. Like, these are big games. And if you ask someone, like, hey, sing a song or, like, hum a song, whistle a song from these games, like, you, you'll get it verbatim. Like, Metroid, you know, for sure. Because um, ScrewAttack used the Metroid theme for a lot of their stuff. Uh, so, even though he no longer works at Nintendo, he is now present at uh, Cre- Creatures Inc um, who still works very closely with Nintendo for their Pokemon franchise so just because he's not with Nintendo doesn't mean you know he's out of the whole game Like he's still very much involved with, with Nintendo products um, so yeah we're going to take a little quick break I know we haven't gone for too long but uh, this next segment is going to be a little bit long because we're going to talk about the entire storyline of the game so when we come back we're going to pump our way back into the game, stay tuned And that was one of the one of the catchy songs I was talking about earlier. Uh, I can still, to this day, hum the song. Like, if you ask me, like, sing a, sing a Balloon Kid song, that is the first song that pops into my head. Balloon Kid takes place in an unnamed world. Uh, the only thing we really know about the world is that it has a city called Pennsylvania. Um, and it is a town or a city that skyscrapers are shaped as pencils. <laughs> the game starts uh, with a sister named Alice and a brother named Jim, and they just fill balloons and release them into the air because they love pumping balloons so much. Well, one day, Jim was filling balloons. He wanted to tie a bunch of them together to make a balloon rainbow in the sky, and uh, a strong wind came along and basically carried Jim away with the balloons. So Alice is freaking out, and jumping around like, "What am I going to do?" Jim is floating away. Um, so Jim, being the cunning, cunning boy that he is, he was like, "You know what? Alice is going to come looking for me. I should leave a trail, a balloon crumb trail, for Alice to track me down." So as you play through the game, um, through all the levels, there are balloons throughout the level, like, and they're everywhere, like they're, but they're in a pretty consistent path. Um, and that's why the balloons aren't in the levels Like your brother is leaving you breadcrumbs essentially for you to follow, to go find him. Um, so diving into the actual game, you as player one, you play as Alice and this game has three game modes, which we'll go over much later because they're, they're kind of useless. Um, uh, but as player one, you always play as Alice. Um, and stage one and two are, are very, very straightforward. Uh, you, uh, It's a a way for you to get comfortable with the controls. There's not that many enemies. There's not that many obstacles on the screen. It's just a way for you to be like, okay, this this button does this. A button, you know, makes you float and jump. B button releases your balloons. I believe it's select that makes you pump up your balloons. Uh, It just lets you get used to the controls and some of the floatiness in the game. I mean, you are using balloons after all, so don't expect... 100% 100% accurate, you know, top tier controller. Like, you're, it's going to be floated because you're using balloons. Um, so as you go through the game, you're going to come across um, balloons, like I was saying. And once you've collected, I believe it's like 20 balloons. These balloons are going to become double balloons. They're going to get twice the points for them. Points give you one-ups, which you will need towards the end of the game because the end of the game is just an impending doom of death. So as you're going through the game, there are little like a side section with a Game Boy. Uh, you can't miss it. it. looks It's a giant Game Boy. Walk into the Game Boy. Now you're like in a bonus screen. And what this bonus screen is is again, you get to collect balloons, get more points. And if you collect all, if you collect all of the balloons that come out of the pipes, uh, a power balloon comes up, which is a which is a one up. So you can get one of those, get a free one up. Um, and then, yeah, once you're at the end of the stage, you walk through, your your points calculate. If you got enough points, you get a one-up, you move on. So stage two, again, very, very similar. Not many obstacles, not many enemies to be aware of, just letting you get the bearings of the game. Uh, but this is where you're going to encounter your first boss called the Giant Wolf. This guy is an idiot. He kind of stands right in the center of the screen, and basically you float over him, press B to release your balloons, hop on top of his head, Pump up a balloon again, do the same thing two more times, three hits, and the wolf goes, and the wolf goes down. Um, and then you just walk to the exit, and you're done. So going into stage three now, we kind of go a little bit around the world, it seems like. Even though we stay in Pennsylvania, we kind of go a little bit around the world. Um, so we were in the forest for stages one and two. Now we're going to go to a tropical island uh, in stage three. And stage three you shouldn't pose much of a threat at all either. Your biggest enemy in this game is going to, in this stage rather, It's going to be crabs. Um, so the reason they're going to be an issue is because Alice moves faster than the screen can scroll. So if you're the screen scrolls pretty slow, and Alice moves oddly fairly fast without balloons. So if you're one of those people that like to hug the side of a screen to try and make things go a little faster, you're probably going to die a lot. Um so if you're a whole if you're hugging the left side of the screen which by the way this this game isn't a traditional left to right side scroller auto scroller whatever you want to call it it is a right to left auto scroller which makes this game even more unique Um so if you're hugging the left side of the screen and all of a sudden like this auto scroller gets to the point where it's going to trigger that enemy to come out You have no time to react. You are going to die. The hitboxes in this game are very unforgiving. Um, So, yeah, you kind of want to keep Alice towards the right middle-ish side of the screen. Um, And it will come to a point where memorizing the stages at the end is going to heavily benefit you. Because there are times where you do need to hug the left side of the screen. Anyway, moving on. Um, So... Balloons, so you so in this game you have kind of sorta Iffy hit points, (laughs) um if you get hit by something you lose a balloon Uh, Get hit twice you lose both your balloons if you don't have any balloons if you get hit hit once you're dead Um, One hit kill rules in this game However, some sprites in this game ignore that rule completely and if you have two balloons They'll just upright kill you later stages like a fish will eat you a lightning bolt will shock you a fire will catch you on fire It does not matter. They will just straight-out kill you no matter how many balloons that you have um, And balloons are important in this game not just for hit points, but for your actual control and stability uh, If you have two balloons, which is the max balloons you can have with Alice your control your flight controls are actually quite good You can go up you can go down you can move left and right very quickly um, Having one balloon really, really crutches that movement. Um That movement is now is seemingly like it's halved. Like you move at like half the speed with one balloon versus the two. Uh if you need to hurry up and get up, like you're mashing a lot faster, a lot harder to try and get up in the air. But uh yeah, so whenever you possible you want to try and get two balloons out. However, you need to be careful because when you land on the ground and start pumping, enemies aren't obviously aren't going to wait for you. Like Once they hit that trigger point, like enemies are going to start running at you as you're pumping. So if you don't have a balloon and you have a pit coming up, you better hope that there's some piece of land across that pit that Alice can jump over. And by the way, Alice has her Air Jordans on. She can jump almost across the entire screen. So don't worry about jumping distance at all. You want to worry about jumping height with her um, because she does not jump very high. Another issue with the game is, too, is that without the balloon, if you jump against a wall, she bounces off a wall. Apparently, the walls are made from balloons as well, so she bounces off of, off of a wall, and you don't have control until she hits the ground again. That can obviously wreak uh, some havoc to you as well. But anyway, going back to the game itself, getting through Stage 3 it shouldn't be all that bad. Once you get, the, get to the end, you go into a whale. Apparently, they took a book out of Super Mario Land 2, except instead of a whale, it was a turtle in that game. But we're going inside of a sea animal nonetheless. Um, so, th- going into the whale, this is where the difficulty spikes quite a bit. Um, at the top of the screen, you have the whale's bones, pretty much like the rib cage, which those bones will pop your balloon. As you progress through the stage, those bones will wiggle loose and they'll fall. Um... Obviously, if Alice doesn't have any balloons and she gets hit hits by one of them, she's dead. So if she, if she gets hit hits by one of them with a balloon, then a balloon pops. Also, going down lower is kind of dangerous as well because it's mostly water where there are fish jumping out of the water trying to eat Alice. So your goal here is to try and maintain like a certain height and float. And it's actually, it's it's not very hard, but this is the level that's going to get you your bearings for flight because there's not much ground movement in this stage at all Once you get towards the end of the stage, you have to fight a giant shrimp The shrimp is no big deal. It's gonna jump out of a water you just got to jump on its head get to a platform. You have two platforms on both sides of it It's gonna jump out of the water. You just hit it on its head three times and You move on the problem with this game um, Is once you've defeated a boss the level just doesn't end right there you have to walk to the exit. Now, after stage two, there is a pit between the left platform and the exit. If you don't jump over said pit or decide to hold left thinking the exit's going to be right there, you're going to fall into the water and die, and you have to fight the giant shrimp all over again. Um, one of those haha ha gat you type deals. Um, and speaking of hiding the shrimp again, we should talk about checkpoints in this game. Um, Checkpoints basically don't exist in the game They suck so don't rely on them Don't die Basically is how it comes down to um, The checkpoints are brutal and unforgiving Until I would say like stage 8 Which is the final stage Um, Most of the times you're going to be starting from either the beginning of the stage Or the middle of the stage No matter where you are So don't rely on checkpoints Like if you die Be like well Whenever I'm going to start at And it's going to be typically the beginning of the stage again So Moving on to stage five now, though, we're out of the whale. We somehow exited the whale. Not gonna get into. <laughs> not gonna get into how that happens. Um, but now we're in the sky. The actual like we're way up in the sky. I'm assuming we got shot out of the blowhole, um, and it's raining. So, right in the background. Like the animations for this game is actually quite good. Uh, they have like a they have like the animations in the background. It doesn't lag the game much at all, um, but with the rain on the foreground, there's rain in the foreground, and when Alice goes into that rain, it pushes her down, which you wouldn't think is a terrible thing, but there's water underneath of you, so again, you have fish jumping at you, and in this stage, you have lightning bolts. The lightning bolts are a one-hit kill. So if you get hit by a lightning bolt or any piece of the lightning that comes off from the thunder, you are going to die. Um, so trying to maneuver through this water and dodge some of the lightning bolts that come at you can be kind of kind of treacherous. Um, my recommendation for this is I always took the waterfalls high, or the rainfalls high. That way I had enough I had enough time to pull myself back up upon leaving that rainfall and then trying to just... Stay hot, as high as I can through this stage. Uh, the lower you are, that seems like the more deadlier it is, so staying high is really recommended. But this is a, this stage is tough, and flight accuracy is a must for this stage. That's the biggest thing is, is, honestly, like you're not going to spend a lot of time on the ground. You're going to spend a lot of time in the air in on this one as well, so flight accuracy is a must. And this is the stage where flight accuracy matters the most because there are one-hit deaths. You have birds also flying at you, too, which takes away a balloon. But once you get through stage five, which really isn't a huge deal, it's it's probably gonna be your first wall that you run into. And you might you might lose one or two lives in the stage, but it's not a huge deal. Moving into stage six though, we're going from a rainy place to a snow cave. And with snow comes ice physics. Hooray! Everyone loves ice physics. Um So all of that rain turned into snow now. And with this stage. Flying is pretty much non-existent. Uh, you're going to be spending a lot of your time on the ground. And that means that a slippery moving Alice without ice is even slipperier now with ice. Um, there are three big enemies to avoid in this stage. You have your penguins. The penguins will just slide at you. The walruses will charge at you. And the fi- and There's there's fire that just sits there you don't think the fire is an issue until you actually get to the fire and you're like oh i need to jump over this fire but you can't because there's a penguin or a walrus right there waiting for you um the fire isn't necessarily like a issue when it comes to like oh i'm gonna die this fire it's an issue that it's placed in a it's placed in a in a way that it's super not good for your movement and probably is going to lead you to die if you don't think on the fly or haven't seen it before. So, like I said, you're going to be spending a lot of time on the ground. Alice can, like I mentioned earlier, can jump pretty much across the screen. She has her Air Jordans on. Um, but some of these platforms in the Ice stage are extremely, extremely tight. I'm talking where if you jump and land, you need to jump again straight up to stop your forward momentum because you will slide into a pit and die or slide into an enemy and die. This stage really really ramps up the difficulty and this is the stage that is going to give you your bearings for land movement, ground movement, which you are going to need in the next two stages. Also remember like getting hit by something without your balloons is a one hit death. Um, In this game I want to say that are continues. but I think you only get one or two continues. Once you game over, you start the game all over again. Um, even though it's a relatively short game, the difficulty ramps up quite a bit, and it's it gets pretty unfair towards the end. So once you get through the stage, once you're like, oh man, these walruses, penguins, ah, get out of here, you know. Once you get through the stage, you get to the end, and In the end, you get to fight a snowman. So the snowman is unlike the other two bosses that you fought where you just jump on their head three times and call it a day. The snowman actually has a little bit of a tech, I guess, to it. The snowman is wearing a bucket for a helmet, and you have to if you jump on its head with the bucket on, nothing is going to happen. You're just going to bounce right off. Um, you need to wait for the snowman to throw its bucket at you and then run and jump on the snowman's head and hurry up and get away from the bucket as it comes back. Um, it's not hard per se, but it's the first challenge that you'll, that you'll see in a boss in this game. Um, uh, so don't, so if you get killed once by if you get hit, hit once by him, don't be surprised. Like, oh, wow, he actually did something different than stand in the center or jump out of the water. Uh, you actually have to wait for something. So yeah, three hits on the snowman and, this, and Frosty is melted. You don't have to worry about Frosty ever again. But now we go into the impending doom that we call hell. So now we're going into stage 7. Stage 7 is, is hard. You're in a cave. And this is where you're going to need to be very good with your controls. You're going to need to be very good at really, uh, pressing B to release your balloons. Which, by the way, when you press B to release your balloons, Alice drops like a brick. She is fast when she falls uh, and then you need to be very good at pumping your balloons because there are going to be times in this cave when you drop down. You're going to need to run under some things and you're going to need to pump up your balloons immediately. And you're on the right side of the street while this is happening. So you might be getting pushed a little bit. And if you don't get at least one balloon out, you're falling to a pit because you can't jump across the, this pit to another land. Because the land is at the very top that you need to go on to again. This stage is hard. It's not unforgiving, but it's hard. It's going to take you probably two or three lives to get through, see where things are, figure out how this how the stage is actually laid out. Um, this is when going into those Game Boy bonus games. This is when collecting all those balloons in previous stages is going to benefit you from getting all of those one-ups. I think when I beat this game a few months ago, I walked into stage seven with twelve extra lives. And I think I walked out of stage seven with I think eight or eight or seven extra lives. Um, I went through a lot of lives in this stage because like you just don't know what's going to happen in the stage. This, this this the game throws pretty much everything at you in this stage, um, and the fire also moves at you now, so you have a running fire coming at you. So you have to try and plan ahead accordingly as to where to place Alice and jump over this fire if you're about to enter a little section that's only one pixel high or like yeah you know the height of your character you need to understand like where to where to start pumping your balloons when to start pumping your balloons how many balloons do you need to survive like how good are you at bashing the a button to get your to get your character up to the top um there are also items in stage 7 uh like for instance there's a one up heart in stage 7 that will if you go and get it, you'll just die. Um, there are items in Stage 7 where if you collect them, no matter how you may approach it, if you collect them, you're just going to die. Um, they're booby trap items. Uh, a lot of older games did this. you know, Catch bait, throw you back to a checkpoint, and have fun going through the game again, basically. Um, I know the one-up part at the end of stage seven is pretty much at the end of stage seven. So like if you get to stage seven playing this game, just be like, uh, I don't need that one-up after all and just go right to the exit. Stage eight is the final stage. <laughs> and it is, it, it makes you know that it's the final stage. This stage is unforgivingly hard. Um... You you think you thought five was a was a roadblock for you, you? Thought maybe six was tough. You haven't seen anything until stage eight. Stage eight throws everything in the book and out of the book at you. You will see things in stage eight that you never thought you would see in a balloon fight game. Um, again, you are traversing through land and air heavily through this stage, and this stage is long. This is your endurance stage. And I hope that your fingers are not sweaty because if you slip, you are going to die. Uh, you are in a factory now. We somehow went around the world and ended up in a factory. Um, so there are moving platforms in the stage. And by moving platforms, I mean there are, like, the conveyor belt platforms that will move you. And there are platforms that move up and down and left to right. Um, there's lightning. Again, we get to go back to lightning. Basically, the lightning in this one, though, is like when a fuse breaks or, or if it's a short circuit, then a lightning pops out. And those are triggered based off of Alice's Alice's position on the screen. So those are great to, great to deal with. Along with that, you have fire again. Moving fire, you have raising fire now. So not only is the fire going up one, now it could go up three. Um, And you have just random pitfalls that honestly just shouldn't be there (laughs) at all. Um, So a lot of this movement through the stage, like I said, you're going to be traversing through land and air. I would say like the first half of this stage, it's going to be pure, accurate balloon flying. And with your balloon flying, you're going to be using the up and down moving platforms and the conveyor belt platforms, even with your balloons on because when you get thrown off an edge, you can still float a little bit with your balloons. And it gives you a little bit of a break with your finger, So you don't have to keep mashing or holding the A button to float around. However, accuracy is key. You're going to have fire in the middle of the air. You're going to have to go up and down drastically. And like you can't just press B to go down. If you press B, you're going to die because you're going to fall into a pit. You need to understand when to start letting yourself decline you know, as as one of the obstacles approaches, you need to understand when to ascend yourself by mashing A as hard as possible to get yourself to the top of the screen. Um, once you get to around the halfway point, you come across basically what looks like a bunch of steps. You release your balloons and you run down these steps. You're gonna have running fire coming at you, and there is not much room to dodge these running fires. Uh, you need to run through a little like tunnel type thing. Get to an end and wait for a fire to come at you. Jump straight up. And then hope you timed your jump right to not get hit by the fire. And then run through the tunnel again. You're going to have a couple of these. And like, towards the end, like you're going to have like two or three fires like back to back to back running at you. You're going to have to wait till almost the last minute to jump over all three of those fires at once. Um, because if you jump too early, Alice is going to bounce off the side of the left screen, bounce backwards into those fires, and you're going to die. Um, now to the point where like you're in a little tunnel, you don't have time to pump up your balloons You have moving platforms and conveyor belts. You need to jump on them and utilize the movements of them So timing on them is quite important as well Along doing, doing so you have lightning bolts that are going to be triggering and firing out You know these lightning bolts bounce around the screen um, If they want to hit you, you're dead. Even if, even if you have a balloon on one hits you, you're dead um, so dodging the lightning bolts, understanding w- when the lightning bolts trigger based off of Alice's position on the screen is a huge advantage because then you can kind of manipulate when and where the lightning bolt is going to go off. Once you get through that, now you have to go through up and down conveyors. This is where the game kind of just says, you know what, you made it this far, we're still going to screw you bec- if you choose the wrong way. You have like three different routes you can go through. You can go up, middle, or down. And it's one of those classic, you pick the wrong route, you die. So if you pick the top route, I believe it takes you to a Game Boy bonus game. Which is fine, great, but the bonus game kicks you back to the same three routes again. If you take the bottom route, I believe it just leads to a dead end and you're dead. If you take the middle route, that that progresses you through the stage. However, the middle route, you need to be off of your balloons and wait for like... One of the like the last few pixels of the of the canvas that you're on and jump into this like two block one to two block high hole and It sounds easier said than done because like I said like when Alice hits something she bounces So if you clip the edge of that little of that hole She's going to bounce backwards hit the right side of the screen either get crushed with this with the screen scroll or fall into the pit Um, this stage like I said is just extremely unforgiving and you will use a lot of your knowledge from ground and air movement. Um, as a kid, this is the level I always got stuck at as a kid. I could never beat this this stage as a kid. I would always die. Either at the beginning or the middle or wherever. So yeah, once you've managed to get through this hell of a stage, you come across the robot boss. And this robot boss is kind of no joke. <laughs> um, the level is definitely harder than the boss itself. But what this boss does is that it's going to open its mouth, and it's going to shoot four lightning bolt stars, just like you just encountered in two of the levels already. And these lightning bolt stars are going to bounce around the room, and they're going to try and kill Alice. What you need to do is to maneuver through those four stars, hit the robot on the top of its head, and quickly get back to the right side of the screen. When you hit the robot on top of its head, those lightning bolt stars go away. And it kind of resets the cycle again. You need to do this. I think it's like six hits on the final boss, and then he's dead. Um, the robot, the robot is toast. You don't have to worry about the robot ever again. So again, just like every other game, every other stage, once you've beaten the boss, you need to walk to the end. I don't believe there was a pitfall at the end, but don't quote me on that. There might be. So once you've once you've beaten the robot, you can go into this, go into the door. You go into this. This area where Jim is We haven't talked much about Jim You see Jim at the start of every stage Do you see him at the start of every stage Or at the end of every boss Do you know that at the start of every stage Or the start of every boss You get to see him float away Bye Jim, see ya um, And then he just releases himself from the balloons And then Alice carries him home And then Cue Staff Roll What I don't understand is Why couldn't Jim Just release himself at the island that we started like oh i'm starting to float away let me just cut the cord and be done why did i have to go through eight stages why did i have to go around the world to release myself Friggin' jim can't can't trust jim at all but anyway when we come back i want to chat a bit more about the game there's a lot to this game honestly for a game boy game um and then we're gonna close up shop since i'm sure you all are just Tired of hearing me talk about balloons and pumping balloons, so stay tuned. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that awesome music. Um, like I said, this music in the game from Tanaka is just super, super good. Like, if you walked, if you found me at like GDQ or sat or like on the street somewhere and be like, "Hey, hum me a tune from Balloon Kid." I I could almost be like name the level or the boss and I can do it. Um, love this game a lot. But uh, as mentioned earlier, we this game has three game modes. Uh it has your one your one player, which is your story mode. This is the mode we just got done talking about, where Alice goes through the eight stages to save her brother. Uh, There is a verse play, so if you have a friend that also has good taste and owns Balloon Kid, you can get a game link cable, hook up your Game Boys together, and play. Basically, it's Balloon Fight, um, but you just don't see each other on the screen, which is kind of a bummer. Um, So, with Balloon Fight on Balloon Kid, it's Alice for Sam, yeah sam is like her friend frenemy i think people call that basically sam is her friend but he's also her rival i don't know gary versus ash type deal probably um and the the other option is balloon trip which is just an endurance mode you go you're in one stage as alice and you go through the stage as long as you can collecting balloons Honestly, it's boring. I don't recommend playing it at all. If you want to play something like that go play Flappy Bird or something Play single mode honestly like play the game like the game is good. Go play the game single mode is gonna be your jam though Verse mode honestly, like I don't say this often at all because I love Game Boy But if you're gonna play verse mode, just go play balloon fight on NES Like I'm, d- I'm dead serious. It's more fun to see both of you on the screen at once than it is just to see one of you on the screen and you get to jump and joist and by yourself, basically. Go play it on NES. Like I said, I don't say it often when it comes to Game Boy versus NES. Go play it on NES. Balloon Fight is a much better multiplayer game than Balloon Kid is on Game Boy. A little history about me with this game as to why I think why I hold this game so high in 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 regard in my library. Um, this is the second Game Boy game I ever owned. The first one being Tetris, obviously. But this is the second Game Boy game I I ever owned. So it, it has a very special place with me. Um, this is by far the game I've played the most before Pokemon Red and Blue came out. Um, I had Super Mario Land. I had Tetris. I had some other, I forgot what games came out before Pokemon Red and Blue. Um, But I play Balloon Kid the most. Uh, Simply because, like A, I just don't like Mario all that much. B, I suck at Tetris. And C, Balloon Kid was a game for me as a kid that I could play for hours on end and not get bored. Uh, I can get bored with Tetris. I can get bored with Mario. But this is a game I couldn't get really bored with because it was something so different every time. You'd be like, wow, you just float around on balloons. How is that different? Well... The the vast difference in like level design the vast difference in like the character design from enemies to backgrounds to animated backgrounds to bosses Um the level design itself like having to float in the air on balloons versus having to run on the ground Uh in certain areas like it it made for it made for my experience to be different every time i'd go into a level which kept my kept my attention Mario, you hold right, press A to jump, or wherever it is, jump on things' heads. Tetris, you put some blocks in some slots and call it a day. Balloon Kid has had a type of diversity to it where you could play one way, but you couldn't beat the game that one way. You had to do it two or three, you had to do two or three different game, game styles, you know, play styles to beat the game. And I always found that really, really intriguing with this game. And like I said, like the controls... You're you're using balloons, expect them to be floaty, you know, balloons are floaty. But what always grabbed my attention about this game is the music. The music is phenomenal in this game. Like I love, love the music in Balloon Kid. Is it the best music in the Game Boy library? Nah. Is it very good? Yeah. I would I would honestly put the Balloon Kid OST at least top ten um out of the Game Boy games. Amazing soundtrack. Um, the graphics are, are adorable. It's the game. Remember, the game came out in 1990. Don't expect the world. The graphics are quite good for 1990. Like you can, you can distinguish what things are quite well. Like you know, Alice has little like pigtails going on. You can see them. Um, Jim has a, a, ba- a baseball cap on. The penguins look like penguins. The walruses look like walruses. The shrimp looks. A- Excuse me, the shrimp looks a little weird. But you know it's something coming out of the water at least. Uh, the robot looks like you know, a very generic robot, honestly. The snowman is a pretty generic snowman. The wolf is a pretty generic wolf. Um, but you know what things look like. And the fact that they have animated background I thought was really cool. Like like the rain stage, like the rain in the background is falling. Um, I believe it's the whale stage. You can see some of the background move based off like the whale is like moving through the water. Um, in the forest stage, you can see eyes blink in the background in the trees. Like it, it there's a lot of detail to the game for it being so early in the library, and it being such a simple game. But there are just so many details to the game. I think a lot of us just take for granted nowadays, especially with retro games, especially with Game Boy ones like. Oh, Game Boy. Let's make it as simple as possible, type deal. That's not the case, honestly. Most Game Boy games. It's just Game Boy has a bad rap for it. Like the diff, The the my my biggest issue with the game is the difficulty curve. Um, I never beat this game as a kid. I wouldn't beat this game until 2018, honestly. So 1990 to 2018. That was a time span where I just didn't beat the game. Um, so it took me. Let's see, 1990, I would have been five years old, and I'm 31 now. So do the math. That's how long it's taken me to beat this game. Obviously, I didn't play consistently, but the difficulty curve is is quite quite rough. Um, It's very, very easy at the start. Then you hit a little bit of a wall, which you kind of expect. Like halfway through the game, you kind of expect to hit a bit of a wall. And then it just ramps up, and you're just like, Oh man, like this is just impossible. Like you're, like all of a sudden you went from like okay, like, like if I die once I understand what I did wrong and I go through it. Now it's like if I die once, like why did I die? Like that's not fair. Like where did it come from? Like how can it jump that high? Like it gets like the the unfairness starts to climb up a bit more. And it's just like wow, this game is incredibly difficult towards the end. Um, and like I said, like I want to beat this game until earlier this year for Game Boy Adventure. I think it was like game like a one hundred and eighty or something like that for me. Um, but honestly, like upon beating this game, it was like closing a little bit of it was like closing a piece of my childhood. To be fair, um, I was like I was re- like when I played this for Game Boy Adventure on stream, I was reminiscing about like sitting in the back seat of the car for like road trips and stuff. You know, playing on my gold my gray brick Game Boy, playing Balloon Kid. And I remember like when the lights would go out or whatever, like it starts getting dark. Taking the, the light attachment for the Game Boy, putting that onto the screen so I can play at night. I remember just chewing through AA batteries with, with Balloon Kid, honestly, on road trips. Um, but is the game like a 10 out of 10 overall? No, not by any means. I would say this is a pretty average, maybe a, a slightly higher than average Game Boy game just based off of the soundtrack. Um, But to me like this game is just a pure pure gem Uh, I have a lot of history with this game. I love this game Like I said, it's the second Game Boy game I ever owned Um, I I have a lot of nostalgia with this game and I would I would always play this game Again moving forward Uh, even though I've already beaten it once I would definitely keep playing it again And there are no speedruns of this game and I don't foresee there ever being a way to speedrun this game so but who knows? Maybe I'll just make a leaderboard because I can and uh, make it happen. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, guys, enough of me rambling on about balloons. Uh, we're gonna close up shop here. It's a very good game. It's worth a playthrough. 3ds, like it's probably like two or three bucks. Go out and get it. Like it's, it's a it's a really good game. If you want a physical copy of it for if you play on Super Game Boy Two or Game Boy Player or your actual Game Boy. I want to say a, a copy of the game sells for like ten or fifteen dollars on eBay. It's a pretty common game. It's, I it's a common game, but not many people have probably heard of it. Type deal if that makes any sense at all. But anyway, guys, I'm gonna call it there. I'm eBlood candy. You can find me at twitch.tv, youtube.com, twitter.com uh, at e candy. My bra my 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 podcast partner Mo or Mula. Can be found at Moolah uh, M O E L L E U H on Twitch TV. I believe that's his YouTube handle as well, and you can find him at nostalgia Gamer on Twitter.com. I believe he's might be changing his name though, so hold off on that. Um, and then obviously follow our wonderfully brilliant producer Legs. Uh, she does a fantastic job making Mo and I sound. The best we possibly can because we don't sound very good normally. <laughs> you can find her at Sprinting Legs on Twitch.tv and Twitter.com. And I want to say it's Sprinty Legs on YouTube as well. It might be just legs. Um, you can also find all of our information as well on gbrunnerscom TIGB. Um, it's just a Game Boy speedrunning website. We just have a little section for the podcast on there. Uh, We have a Discord, which you can find the link below in the SoundCloud description thingy. Please join us on Discord. Uh, We're pretty quiet. We're pretty friendly. We'll say hi to you if you say hi to us. Or you just have general questions about the podcast itself or just Game Boy in general, let's hop in the podcast. Like, hey, why is the Game Boy gray? We don't know. That's the color they decided on. Anyway, y'all, thank you all for listening. Have a great day, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And we'll talk to you again soon. Intro song, intro song, intro, intro, intro song.